could really think that I should get into music, you know. I think I should get, like, a download of music app. I could release, I, I 100% believe that I could release a number one selling album with no instruments. See? You're fucking loving that. that. That would be number one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I am your uh, host with the most, I'm Tebs and I'm here to welcome you. Alongside me, my co-host, my uh, Gabriel to my... I I never think of these in advance. You're you're doing that with your phone, you look like the girl from Poltergeist. She's dead, Paul. You can't say that. I can. I didn't kill her. Cormac, welcome. Hey, welcome to Craig the... T. Nelson that killed her. Craig T. Nelson killed her. Jesus, don't you say anything about... Craig T. Nelson didn't kill her. That's very don't nice. You, that, don't you say anything about Mr. Incredible. Fucking hell. Oh, God. Oh, hello. Sorry. Hello. 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 Say hello. Well, this is obviously um, the start of our new uh, st- structure. Do we have structure yet? <laughs> There's no fucking structure. Uh, before it's now, we could bring... you watched one of the movies an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I watched three of the movies... <laughs> an hour and a half ago uh, we are bringing to you new episodes from now on so it's going to be every Monday morning wherever you find your podcast Spotify, St- Stitcher, Castbox Apple Under Anchor, a Rock, under a rock uh, Smoke Signals, whatever you do they're going to come in every Monday morning and we're going to have um, sorry uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh mm-hmm. hang on, hang on Josh from Forb Nerds by Nerds said I should put like voiceover and stuff to make this sound incredible but I don't know how to do that so mega episode now imagine that's all rumbling and bassy and sounds really good but anyway so we're going to be having episode from uh, next Sunday onwards we're going to have your uh, still going to get your news I know in this day and age it's very difficult to find out what's going on in Hollywood so gather around children we will have your news we'll have trailer reactions and then we're even going to be bringing you one of our uh, world-renowned movie menus, uh, a rivalry. We've got a few a few ideas bubbling away, so you're going to get one nice bumper episode every week. Um, and, yeah, it does leave a bit more time to prepare for them, doesn't it? Yeah, fuck off, people. All right, leave us alone, all right? Just because we're doing one episode a week now? Fucking life just, gets in the way. We don't even charge you for this shit. This is, no, this is free. No, this is fucking pure gold, this shit. I get, drunk in, I get drunk in my garage. Fuck around, fall all over the place. You know, the kids get to listen to the news on a Wednesday. What are they going to do, Paul? The fucking kids listen, have to can't listen to the news. <laughs> listen on a Monday morning. It can be like they'll the... Be, uh, they'll be at school from next week. Fuck oh, school. Are they, are they back already? Back at school, man. Monday. <sighs> um, well, we haven't had a lot of news since Wednesday. Since the news. news. You mean, you mean you've not <laughs> fucking looked, you lazy I've bastard? Got, I've got one bit of news that I wanted to discuss. <laughs> But it happened before Wednesday, I think. Um, the the you know we've mentioned it on this uh, this hallowed podcast before the uh, the last blockbuster video. They've opened yes. themselves up as an Airbnb, four dollars a night, and you can have a, a a party, spend the night in the blockbuster. You got a sofa bed, you got 
um, munchies, you've got the TV, you've got all the awesome. videos there and stuff. Yeah, awesome. absolutely fantastic. I mean, Netflix is still probably the way to go if you're going to, you yeah. know, to be getting well, up and rewinded. I'll tell you a good one, right? Because last night, last night, I, I watched two of the movies that we're doing today. Uh, and my son watched both movies with me and he loved he loved Tommy Boy and he loved the Three Amigos. Um, but he's, I, I said to him, I turned around to him and I went, huh, it was never this easy renting movies, son. And he looked at me and he was like, what do you mean? Jeez. I was like, well, you used to have to go to like a video shop. And he was like, video shop? And I was like, yeah, video shop. And you used to get your videos, your DVDs, and, you know, you pay the money. And then if it was a tape, then you had to rewind it. And then it was like, what do you mean rewind? <laughs> I was like, well, you had to rewind it so the film would go back to the start. And he was like, why didn't you just press the button and to make it go back to the start? And I just looked at him and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Not even bothering fuck explaining. You. Shut said, your fucking mouth. I've said it before and I've said it again. There's nothing more painful than getting a VHS from Blockbuster or Ritz Video, it used to be called. Getting home. And you've waited so long to watch this film because you probably were too young to get it from the cinema or whatever. And you've then got to sit and watch it rewind. You've got to listen to it. Rewind. It probably takes just as long as the film lasts. Oh, God, it kills me. Um, I have some other ideas for um, shops where you could uh, you could use as an Airbnb. Toys R Us. Right? No. Imagine... Sp- no. Hang on. So, Air- Air- Blockbuster is a yes, but Toys R Us, you don't give it a second thought. It would get fucking ruined. So I don't shit. want to be touching in this fucking post-coronavirus world. I don't want to be touching other people's fucking toys. Yeah, but say, imagine it's all clean. And you're no, spending the night. I won't imagine it. Board games, video I, games, no, riding no, bikes around the... St- I won't imagine it. I won't imagine it. Don't try to make me use my imagination. <laughs> I won't have it. <laughs> I refuse. Fuck I won't not have it. Uh, but we'll... Obviously, I, I want you to tell me more about DC FanCon, FanCom, FanCon, because I, I've not heard anything about it. Have we had Have any more trailers? Or? Uh, yeah, we're going to be getting more trailers. We're going to be getting more insight. We're going to be getting hot gossip. Um, but has it happened yet? Is no, it, it's not happened yet. It's happening on the 22nd of August. It's a 24-hour long um, convention where they're constantly putting stuff out all day, right, every okay. day. Um, yeah, I, thought, I, th- I thought it was like I thought it was over like a couple of weeks and they would release something or... no no DC fandom it's just going to be over 24 hours I think everything's going to once it's been live they'll be then putting it all there for everybody to sort of um, you know go on and log on and enjoy and things like that but you're going to be getting stuff from Wonder Woman you're going to be getting stuff looking at uh, Black Adam there's going to be um, the Superman and Lois TV show uh, did I mention the Batman? There's going to be um, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, where we're going to be finding mm-hmm. out what Steppenwolf really should have looked like, apparently. Uh, we're going to be getting the actual title of Justice League. We're going to be getting what format it's going to be in, whether it's going to be in... Um, Is it not just going to be called Justice League? It could be Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think that's where it's heading to. Or right, Z, okay. Something along those lines. Um, but yeah, obviously, because it starts in America, you've got sort of one in the afternoon, it's all a bit crap over here, it's comic book stuff, but Warner have just screwed them over, so fuck them. Uh, Pennyworth is going to be getting it, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, um, we're going to have, and then yeah, later on in the day, you've got Wonder Woman, you've got Watchmen, you've got the Superman TV series, um, I've probably missed something out, Wonder Wo- uh, Batwoman, the new, sh- the second series of that. 
Shazam? Uh, Have they mentioned anything about the next Shazam movie? Or? They've already said they're going to be making it. I think Black Adam 2 is coming first. Now, that was supposed to be in December 21. But I think The Rock's lined up to come on the Black Adam um, panel, as it were. So there's hints that, I mean, it's too soon to be giving sort of uh, footage or anything like that away. But I think what we're going to get is you're going to get probably a look of The Rock, more concept of him as Black Adam. I think we might get a hint towards Shazam 2. I think there's a possibility we're going to get footage from the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman. Because mm-hmm. they were filming until February, and then that stopped. So even if just, you remember the, the Batman sort of in the, the red and black lit, 30-second yeah, yeah. bit of footage, even if we get stuff of that, of like um, Colin Farrell's Penguin or... Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin? Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin. We don't know what style yet, but and okay. If Dan it's not been officially what? if it's not been officially announced, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. But what's Dan? What's Dano? What's he? What's Paul he Dano's? Um, as far as I'm, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but this is pretty much. I don't think it's uh, it's not a spoiler. It's playing uh, the Riddler. Right. Okay. Ah, uh, he's. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I can I see, see that. that. I can see that. I prefer that to him being uh, the Joker sort of thing. Oh, yeah, Colin Farrell's on IMDb as Oswald Copplepot, so we're all right. Zoe Kravitz is playing Selina Kyle. We've got Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. Um, Peter Sarsgaard is playing a district attorney, not called Harvey Dent. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Schmarvy uh, Vent. Schmarvy Vent. John Turturro is playing Carmine Falcone. It's there, been seems a good be, there, seems be, there seems to be far too much in there. Like There's a lot going on in there. Um, we've already had hints or suggestions that Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman is going to get her own spin-off show. So again, please, for the love of God, stop creating universes before we've actually seen the first film. Well, yeah, that's what I was just about to say to you. For, for a franchise, uh, you know, umbrella as DC, there has been so many failures in the last five years. It seems that they have a lot of things coming out. They've had a lot of things coming out. They've got The Flash coming out. They've got Aquaman 2. Um, spin-off of Aquaman is The Trench. So you remember the the Trench air zone area of the sea where they had to swim through with all those sea monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is apparently getting its own spin-off horror film based on The Trench. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you've got The Flash, you've got Wonder Woman 84 coming out, you've got, um, that's pretty much it, you've got, oh, you've got The Suicide Squad, which is a James Gunn's reboot sequel to Suicide Squad, so yeah, you've got right. you've got a fair few, so at one point they had announced um, Gotham City Sirens, which was going to be Poison Ivy, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, then they had uh, the Flash film, they had Flashpoint, they had all sorts of shit being announced. And like you say, it's too much going on. Uh, for me, there's, yeah. there's way too much going on. They've absolutely shit the bed with Justice League and they've gone, we need to try and correct it. Um, to say that they're doing this Batman film in a different universe again is, is curious, to say the least. I'd have just had it where that's the prequel. He's a young Ben Affleck and have it set in the 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? To just go and then just go back. You know, and yeah, yeah, you can't use all those people or whatever. Um but yeah, so that's happening on August twenty second. Cool. Wonder Woman again is supposed to be getting a um Wonder Woman's supposed to be getting a second trailer or a third trailer shown, but to be honest, up to now I think we've seen pretty much enough. Only Cheetah in a full 
full CGI form is what uh, what we're still waiting to see on that one. But so can I just can I just bring some news myself here? I oh, wanna, hang on. I want to I want to add some. I'm add just going to news. Um, okay, strapping lids, strapping lids, and gentlemen. Okay, so this morning I woke up before I went to work, and I came downstairs, and my beautiful daughter and beautiful partner were watching a movie on Disney Plus. Okay. Hmm. Are you familiar with the movie Splash? Um, I want to say familiar. I saw it many moons ago. Okay. Have... So, basic basic premise of, of of Splash is that Tom Hanks falls in love with a fish and fucks her relentlessly. All right, that's that's it. That's that's yeah. all you need to know. Right? Okay. Right. So the beautiful Daryl Hannah was in this movie, and there were two scenes in particular that grabbed my attention. So. I didn't know this, but when Disney Plus came out, they digitally erased Daryl Hannah's butt crack. I'm listening. So the first scene, um, when she comes out of the water and she has just saved Tom Hanks from the water, drags him, and he kind of chases her and she tries to run to the beach. And you see her running and they've covered it with some digital hair. All right. Now, my partner didn't pick up on this. And I was like, where's your butt crack gone? What? Where's where's Daryl Hannah's butt crack? Now, I'm not I wasn't waiting for Daryl Hannah's butt crack. You know, I'm not I'm not that much of a pervert, but it just perturbed me. And I was like, oh. I, was, I, was like I was like, you know what? Jerry's you know still out they, on that they, one. They, yeah, yeah. They've digitally erased it. OK, I get it. They put hair over it. So, yeah, there's a second one. So Tom Hanks drops his wallet in the water and she finds the wallet and then she goes to New York to find Tom Hanks. So she gets out of the water at the Statue of Liberty, naked, and kind of climbs over the wall. Now, at this point, they couldn't really digitally put hair over her butt crack. So they just erased it all together. So they just took that whole scene out of the film? No. No, Paul. They erased her butt crack. It was just a smooth bum. Action man. Like a ball. Like a, a G.I. Joe. Like a, yeah. It was just, there was nothing. There was nothing there. Wow. And I don't think that I've ever been as insulted in my entire life of digitally remastered movies. Disgusted. Disney Plus. Now, that leads on to another one. So, are Disney going to maybe like release like a Disney Plus late night? Like fucking, <laughs> like Baywatch late night? Disney Plus Red. <laughs> yeah, Disney Plus late night. Disney well, no, Plus that was the whole point behind 18. the type of contact that, content that they're going for, is that it's all for families. It's not going to be... Well, Paul, I don't know about you, but my daughter knows that she has a butt crack. <laughs> and she's four. My son's ten, and he pretty much knows he's got a butt crack. And I've seen plenty of butt cracks in my life. To say I'm not offended by people's butt cracks. No, different if it's a butthole. You know, uh, like uh, yeah, I, I I I get you don't want to look at another person's butthole. See, another one about this is Disney Plus have been apparently um, when the X Men films were coming on because each X Men film has got one f bomb in it on most of the X Men films, and I think Days of Future Past was the first one to have it have it in. Why was that? Wolverine. Yeah, uh, no, sorry, that was X Men First Class, but I think Days of Future Past came on before it, 
but anyway, how as as a father, you sat there with four year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many f bombs would you tolerate from Disney Plus without a parental feature before you? Um, I as with a four year old. Um, she really hasn't a clue. You know, if people are speaking for a long period of time, she doesn't pick up on all the words. Right. Uh, but I, but I also have an eleven-year-old, and you know, I'm, I'm not naive. You know, I'd watch Basic Instinct by the time I was eleven. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? So I'm he's not watching naive. Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I'm not naive enough to imagine that he's not sitting up in his room. You know, maybe sometimes looking at a set of tits. You know, it doesn't offend me that he does that but it also wouldn't offend me if there was just an f-bomb dropped you know in a in a random movie you know yeah. if you if you watch anything from the 80s even if it's a 12 or a 15 there's always a few f's and b's and c's and whatever in these movies like you know and you'd, i'm never going to get offended by that stuff but to digitally erase someone's ass crack on this assumption that it will offend someone seeing an ass yeah what that, that doesn't make any... We all have assholes. We all have ass cracks. Fucking we, have at it. Hashtag we have ass cracks. We all Please, have ass cracks. Let's start getting this. I want everybody to tweet Disney Plus. Hashtag ass, ass crack. <laughs> let's bring a rain of fire down on these bastards. Well, look, speaking of offended, um, I watched some films this week. Okay. One of them offended me. <laughs> one? One of them will rock our very friendship to its core. <laughs> so this week we are uh, presenting to you a, a menu of Saturday Night Live films, and we pretty much decided um, before we did this that it would be anybody who was Saturday Night Live cast at the time the film was made, and if there was a few of them in it, or it was an official Saturday Night Live film. So, well, you know. I think the four movies that we we picked... Two were official Saturday Night Live, movie, live movies, yeah. and the other two were cast, but also the two that weren't an official ones were produced by Lorne Michaels, creator of Saturday Night Live. So there we go. We still, we still class it as Saturday Night Live movies. So we're going to talk about, because uh, there's some people been commenting on Twitter about some questions I put out, so we're going to talk about those at the end. Um, honourable mention for Wayne's World. I think mm-hmm. I yeah. actually regret not not saying Wayne's World now. Uh, even two, to be honest, I'd say I probably like two just as much as one, if not more. But anyway, that's another conversation. And uh, Blues Brothers. Okay, uh, it's an absolute classic. Uh, yeah, so I think honourable mention for them. But coming up now is our menu of Saturday Night Live films. They are Three Amigos, It's Pat, yeah. Tom, Tommy Boy. And MacGruber. Uh, we will be talking spoilers about all these films straight from the start, so if you haven't seen them, skip on to the next bell ring. But here is our menu. Let's serve you a starter then for our Saturday Night Live menu. And this one's my pick. Um, I think as, a, as a, an introduction to Saturday Night Live cast, the style of comedy, um, yeah, let's just go there. Three Amigos. This, for me, is one of my all-time favourite comedy films. Um, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Martin Short playing three, um, I won't say inept, they're not inept actors, are they? No, but they're, they're very much they're silent, uh, silent, silent movie stars. Yeah, back in the golden age of Hollywood, um, these three were... 
uh, a, a force to be reckoned with. Top box office draws and um, a small town see their exploits. They've been hounded by a uh, a local... Uh, El Guapo. El Guapo, a local gangster. And they send for the three amigos to come and help them and drive these uh, these evil bandits from their town. Um, yeah, I, I love this. I absolutely love three, it. I think it's... The Three Amigos is the movie that Tropic Thunder wanted to make. Oh. Yeah, you didn't pick up on that, did you? Wow. No, I was going to say Bugs Life. No, Tropic Thunder, man. Yeah, Bugs Life. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Actors get hired to do a job that they get confused, but at Tropic Thunder, I think, is for me, is held together by Robert Downey Jr. This, all three of these guys are absolutely hilarious, and the perfect yeah. for their parts they're absolutely unique for their parts they don't it don't feel like they're trying to upstage each other they work together no. as a unit they, they're almost a family together um, when what about you when did you first see this have you seen this just recently or did you see it no, back? Well, this no, is no, no. 1986 we're talking 86 I, I have loved the three amigos for a long long time um, I am a fan of Steve Martin Martin Short uh, and Chevy Chase, not so much Chevy Chase, but a massive fan of Steve Martin and, and Martin Short. Um, I actually had tickets to go see them in Belfast before the COVID thing uh, hit, uh, which really, really upset me. I would love to have seen Martin Short and Steve Martin live. Um, <clears throat> but Three Amigos, uh, you know, it, it, everything for me in the movie works. You know, yes, is it is it as slapstick as what you wanted would have wanted it to be? You know, you think of any... Chevy Chase movie. Um, Chevy Chase, as much of as a human being that I don't think that he's a very nice person, um, I don't believe that there's very many people who can pull off a slapstick joke as well as as Chevy Chase. Yeah. You know, you kind of go to. You've recently watched Community, um, the mm. one scene in Community where he's working with the ice cream machine and the yeah. ice cream's coming out and he's trying to get the coat you know for me there's not many people that can pull off just a stupid simple joke like that as good as, as Chevy Chase um, but Chevy but Chase I, as well I've always loved him for his uh, his very deadpan he's that straight he's the straight guy yeah uh, the weekend update stuff uh, I, I won't say he's as good as Leslie Nielsen in terms of deadpan but mm-hmm. he can deliver a serious line without you know without too much he takes himself very seriously, but I think yeah. that's him as a person, though, as well, isn't it? But yeah. th- I think that's where his comedy comes from. Steve Martin is what he's saying and how he says it. Steve, Steve Martin is probably my favourite comedy actor of all time. Um, the Jerk, uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, uh, The Man With Two Brains. Man uh, With Two Brains, Bo- absolutely. Bowfinger which is one of the most underrated movies that's ever been made. One of the funniest movies that's ever made. And, you know, yes, we understand that Steve Martin went through the hard times in the late 90s and, you know, the early 2000s. He was making them fucking stupid movies with Sinbad and, you know, Goldie Hawn. And, you know, he was making, it wasn't great, Sergeant Belko, you know, they weren't great movies. But no, Steve Steve Martin as a person, his his stand-up is next to perfection. Um, you know, even his his rope is uh he was in Thirty Rock. Uh, he played I can't remember the name of the the, the person, but he was like under house arrest. He was some right. guy who started. A I watched scene. it. I watched it all. Yeah. Oh, just watch that one episode. It is fun. the end scene where he's where he's walking up the scaffolding. You know, and it, it, I won't spoil it, but it's it's a phenomenal performance, like an absolutely phenomenal performance. Um, and Martin Short. <clears throat> 
You know, yeah. one one of my favourite movies of the eighties, uh, the the Three Fugitives with Nick Nolte. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it uh, because, and again, it's to do with that whole, whole kind of slapstick element. Martin Short was one year in Saturday Night Live, um, but then he became his his own person afterwards. He was like that uh, was Ed Grimley. Uh, that became afterwards, and you know, he did Inner Space. Inner Space. I can't remember. I was just about to say Inner Space. That was after. Yeah. I think that was after. I think that was about eighty-seven. I think. What a movie! In the space, in space is one of those. It always seems to be on, like on a Saturday afternoon on ITV. Always, it always oh, was. Eighty-seven for in space, yeah. But that, yeah, absolutely. And he plays that character well. The the sort of the meek. Ned um, Neander. Ned Neander, but it's, yeah, very very meek. But he turns out he's the best shot in the whole of the whole group of them. Is the most dangerous man there. But the comedy works between them, and yeah, it's the, sometimes jokes can be, you know, the one joke, and for for Three Amigos, it wasn't just one joke, but it was relying on the fact that the townspeople didn't have a clue that they were just actors, that was the gag, but the the writing and the characters in it really helped make it a standalone film on its own. There are some films, which we're going to talk about very soon, which (laughs) take one joke and just kill it to death well, within five yeah. minutes well it's like you, you gotta look at it it was written by steve martin john landis and randy newman so randy oh, yeah. newman of you know more of a musician than a writer uh, can we just say so, randy newman of the singing bush and he sung as the, the singing bush. one of the yeah. funniest <laughs> single scene characters in film history the singing bush but do you have to look at it as well that you know Three Amigos, the the production for Three Amigos started in 1980, 1981, and believe it or not, Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah, but because it went into, not development hell, but they changed, you know, scripts and stuff like that. There's so much that Steven Spielberg went on to make E.T., and I'm sure he's probably yeah. happy, happy that he did all that there, didn't Yeah, so John Landis took over, you know, and John Landis at the time, um, he'd just done Animal House, Blues Brothers and American Werewolf in London. So he was coming off fucking, you know, absolute gold at the time. Um, you know, it was written by Steve Martin. Steve Martin had the original idea as well. You know, the, the, the part of the original cast, the three of the people who were spoken of, uh, to do it, Steve Martin was always going to be in it, but the other people around him, they were trying to get were Bill Murray. Uh, right. they were trying to get him to do Chevy Chase's character. Um, yeah. Robin Williams was uh, oh, on wow. the cards as well on Chevy Chase's character. Um, but Rick Rick Moranis was originally supposed to be Ned Needlander. But I just I just can't imagine. Yeah, I, I can exactly. imagine Bill Murray. I can imagine Bill Murray instead of Chevy Chase. I'll give you that. But apart from that, it's it's yeah. just such a great combination of that's, that's the exactly scene the I've scene in the desert where they've been. Oh, the canteens. You know, the canteens <laughs> in the so they're all they're all on the horse side by side. And is it um is it Steve um is it Lucky Day Steve, first? Steve, uh, Lucky Lucky Day, a couple of drips. A couple and of Ned. drips, and then <laughs> Chevy Chase gets a mouthful of sand. No, Ned, Ned, Ned. Oh, and then it's Chevy Ned, Chase. Ned, it's Dusty yeah, Bottoms. Then, just yeah. drink it. Uh, pause <laughs> it all. Washing it, it around his, washing yeah. it around his mouth, spitting it out, and then throws the canteen. And, and the two boys, just, the two boys are just sitting looking at it. <laughs> and then two seconds later, is there. Lip balm, chapstick, <laughs> But yeah, the 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 singing bush is absolutely is fantastic. But you know what? The one line 
and it was one of these because this came out obviously 86 so it would have come out on video in about what 87 88 so i'd have been about five or six when i first watched this mm-hmm. and there was one joke and it's one of those where you remember the jokes and you look at your dad and you think why is dad laughing at that what's so funny about that and it's where uh chevy chase dusty bottoms is uh taking a young lady off after the party and they sat having a, a conversation and she says, uh, let's go for a walk and you can kiss me on the veranda. And he says, lips will do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch that when you're five and you don't get it. And you wonder why your dad is absolutely belly laughing. And then you watch it when you're 25 and you're like, that is one fucking good line. <laughs> I think there's there's a couple of ones in it. There's a couple of like subtle wee ones. And like, I, I love the, the scene where El Wapo was having his birthday party and, you know, Chevy Chase is uh, Chevy Chase has been held there, and Steve Martin standing up and he goes, "Everybody, drop your guns!" And they all drop their guns. And Chevy Chevy Chase throws his gun on the ground. He's like, "No, Dusty, pick it up!" And he picks it up. And then, you know, before that, before that, no Wapo, you know, he finds uh, Steve Martin. He's obviously put him in the prison, and then Chevy Chase he finds out that he's not part of his crew. He's just he's a part yeah. of the amigos. And then he kind of turns around and he goes, um, "What is happening here? All these amigos are falling from the sky." And then obviously Martin Short then just falls down and he hits the table. And like as soon as, as soon as he hits the table, like the one thing that went through my head was, "Fuck me! I hope that wasn't a stunt man because that fucking looked like it really hurt." Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like I'm just talking about individual bits, but the campfire scene, I think epitomizes yeah. these um you know and again what you what you're going to do with the more portion of the money a car a great big red flashy car what about you <laughs> what about you ned oh i'm gonna what is it i'm gonna solve world peace oh yeah would have done that as well yeah would have yeah. done that second <laughs> so so well, the three I'm, of... I'm gonna i'm gonna throw something at you though i'm gonna mm. throw this at you right yeah so you know i love my movie conspiracy theories about oh, yeah. maybe things that happened in it, right? So, in the desert scene, which you speak about, okay, mm-hmm. the movie takes a turn. Yeah? Okay. So, Who's... it turns absurdist. So, we, we, start, yeah. we start the movie. We start from the, the movie. campfire scene. Yeah, so from the campfire scene. So, we start the movie. We start the movie. Everything's normal. They're actors. Well, not normal, but they're yeah, actors. Yeah. And, and you know, they have been hired by this town. You know, this town thinks that they're actual, you know, amigos and people who can help them. And they think that it's, you know, a movie gig or whatever. Yeah. They go to the town. You know, El Wapo comes into the town. And then the, the people then find out that they're just actors. And, you know, they kind of go away. And then they go into the desert. And in the, they all decide that they want to try and help the town anyway, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. In the desert, they eat bats. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then as soon as they eat the bats, the movie takes a little bit of a turn. The turtles, tortoises start to sing. Horses start to sing, you know. And then we get in the, the invisible swordsman. And we get the fucking, <laughs> the singing bush, you know, things they got there. Yeah. So two things. Number one, did the Amigos die in the desert? Or number two, did the Amigos get poisoned by the bats in the desert? Look, I think now is the wrong year to be talking about bat poisoning. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. <laughs> Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked out this afternoon, okay? 
you worked out. Yeah, pump it, pump it. Which way to the weight room? No, um, that's that's a pretty good film. I worked out today that uh, I'm not not bragging or anything, but it'd probably take me around twelve minutes to earn two pound fifty. Mm-hmm. Which is the amount that I've just paid to rent a film called It's Pat, yeah. which is a Saturday Night Live film. Um, I rented it in standard definition. I didn't think it deserved HD, and I was so right. Changed, our fish changed, HD changed the movie for me. Our fish course is the abomination that is It's Pat. We have watched in the last couple of months some from some. Very bad films, you know. I'll 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 give an honourable mention to Howard the Duck, which was insufferable for nearly two hours long. But uh, entertaining? No, not at all. Nah, there was nah. some enter- there was no, entertainment no. value in picking it to pieces. I, I, the only entertainment was seeing duck tits and seeing that Caroline in the city was going to fuck a duck. That was there it. There you go. You still got enjoyment from it. That's only two things. It created an emotional stimulus, which you watch films for. Shut up. Shut up. So, with that one, and obviously we watched uh, Hercules in New York as well, which was was really bad. Um, It's Pat. Now, I remember It's Pat from back in the day, because I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago uh, when we were leading up to this one. Um, I used to, me and my brother, used to stay up late on a Saturday night and they used to play uh, Dave Letterman highlights from Monday to Friday, and then they would play uh, like a classic episode of Saturday Night Live. And when they obviously caught up with the most recent ones of Saturday Night Live, then we got to watch, you know, Carvey and Myers and Chris Rock and Kevin Nealon and, you know, all all the classic ones that we spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember the sketches for It's Pat, right? So the joke, the joke is just, it's one, one joke. What what is Pat? Is Pat a male or is Pat a female? Now, obviously in today's climate, we're going to be talk, talking about this movie in the climate of just the movie. I don't want anybody to think that we are taking the piss out of the movie or anything out there. We're, we're going to be talking about this movie in the climate of how the movie was made back then, not in today's climate. We might touch on some things, but whatever. Um, so the yeah. joke is... Top, top and bottom of it is... You can oppose or you can be, I'm trying to find the right word, fucking offended by what they were trying to do back in 1994. I'm not, you know me, I'm not one to be like, hey guys, do you really think we should be using that that verb (laughs) right now? If a dude, if a dude wants to be a lady, then that dude's a lady. If a lady wants to be a dude, then that dude is a dude. I could not care. Uh, if a dude wants to love another dude, go do it. I don't give a shite. I really yeah. don't. What I don't like is people spending $20 million draining that one joke. It's, and it is one of one joke. It is and it's one not even a joke. You, this kind of character is what you used to get back in the... Do you remember, like, Shallow Hal, which had... Um, who was the guy from uh, Seinfeld? Bald guy. George. Uh, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander was in it. And his thing was, all the way through, he'd be repulsed. He's a fat, ugly guy, but he is repulsed by fat women. He wants a perfect 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And you find out afterwards, um, he's like, you know, self-hating because he's got a tail. 
you know, that kind of humour. Yeah. It's that kind of far, uh, Farrell's joke. But it's not a joke. Yeah. It's one character who should be a, a side joke. You know what I mean? A, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, every time someone's, you know, stepmom or dad brings in his new girlfriend and the the two mates are trying to work out if, if he's a male or a female. And there's, oh my nuts, oh my banana, fuck off. Honest but to God. But it's got so, the, the plot, right, so yeah, so the plot point is, Julius Winnie plays Pat. Pat is uh, androgynous, so you don't know if Pat is a male or Pat is a female. And this, that is the plot of the movie. There is nothing else in the movie. There's nothing Pat, else to it. This people, is Pat. people, people need to, people need want fucking nearly ruin their lives trying to find out if Pat is a male or a female. Yeah, that's literally it. ruining their own lives. Yeah, because and yes, Pat gets out and about around the world. You know what I mean, Pat. But it's not like he they have anything to overcome in their lives. You know what I mean? It's not like they have a dream that they're trying to achieve and this gets in the way. Or the the people question it. You know, it is literally, they bounce from one situation to another and is the most horrendous character. Yeah. But, you know, in the Saturday Night Live sketches, as dodgy as the premise is, obviously these sketches were two to three minutes long. Pat was not the unlikable fucking asshole as they were in the movie. Now, they were innocent in the in, in the sketches, you know, they were oblivious to people's questions, you know, in the sketches. It was funny for its time because this person was oblivious to everything that was going on around them, you know, didn't know about people's insults, didn't care about people's insults. But in the movie, they turn Pat into this horrible, disgusting person, slabbered on people, hated people, opened yeah. people's mail, fucking told people, oh, you're going to lose your house once you don't lose your house. <laughs> and it's like, what, what? how am I supposed to relate to this fucking turgid human being? Like, like to the point where I just couldn't give a shit if they were a male or a female. Uh, my my whole point was, you know, Kathy Griffin is is Pat's next door neighbor, and uh, she, Pat keeps walking into her apartment, or you know, fucking looking through the window, or you know, oh, you're my best friend, and it's like, why are you putting up with this? Why yeah. do you not just punch this fucking asshole in the face? I'm, you know, it's I'm... not it's not it's not about gender. It's about making a character who is relatable or you know at least human yeah and they they you know was it deliberate did, did they do it deliberately thinking you know was it a slight on transgender or androgynous oh, absolutely people or, absolutely absolutely 100 percent. the joke is are you male or female but that but that's but that's beside the point that's the other arc but the other part is why make this person so fucking unrelatable to the rest of the human race, and you know, at the end of because, the movie, right? Hang on one second. If you have, if you have a bully bullying somebody, and you make a film of that bullying, right? If you get the person being bullied to write the film, you get something from their perspective, sympathetic towards the victim, and you see it in that kind of light. If you get the bully to make the film, 
you get this. I genuinely believe everybody involved in this were probably school bullies. And they found this whole film absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It didn't. What, annoy, what annoys me, what annoys me about movies sometimes like this as well is this whole kind of revisionist history that people have on it. Because I was reading an article with Julia Sweeney, who plays Pat, and you know she was not trying to defend the movie, but trying to um, maybe be more sensitive to you know we 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 tried to make Pat this kind of a character, and I'm looking at it going, no, you fucking didn't. The no. the, the the joke was. Do, does it have a cock? Does it not have a cock? Yeah. Does it have tits? Does it not have tits? And that that was the joke, and that is it. It is I mean, it is bare. It is bare bones. I mean, literally at one point, the character falls down the stairs, which you know, <laughs> if we're talking in terms of um, competition, this film went up against Showgirls in the Razzies, and okay. Showgirls won against this. Yeah. Not a chance. Showgirls should not have won that year. They only well, that, won because was, Verhoeven was front and centre. <laughs> well, that, that was one of the things. That was one of the things that I had. It was nominated. No. It was nominated for five Razzies and lost every single one of them to Showgirls. <laughs> Showgirls is ten times the film this is. I, I would. I would rather watch Showgirls again than watch It's Pat again. You know, this is not 100%. a film. This was not a film. It's not. It, it, do you know what it felt like? It felt like, do you know them stupid um, 90s Nickelodeon movies that were made for TV shows? Yeah. It felt like that. There was, But, yeah. but the problem was, there was absolutely no story but that one joke. Um, you know, they tried to angle in the whole kind of, uh, the band Ween, you know, being in the movie. And, yeah. you know, and, and it, all it reminded me of was how shit Ween were as a band. Because they were... Remember. I can never remember who the fuck Ween were, but they deserve to be in obscurity now for. They are fucking awful. All but the whole but but the whole thing about you know your man. This is some facts about it's Pat, right? So directed by Adam Bernstein, he only did two other movies after it's Pat, and neither neither of them you could you could click on on Wikipedia. So that tells you one thing. I was going to mention this. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do anything else, but he went on and made a shitload of TV. Yeah. Episodes yeah. of Breaking Bad and all sorts of stuff. So it's, yeah. it must have. I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses. No, it just has to be sacked. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think he was involved in the TV production thing before this movie. So I think that's where the TV whole kind of thing came from. Um, but you know, he made another two movies and nothing came out of it. Um, it's Pat was on an eight million budget and on its first uh, and its whole run, sorry, it made sixty thousand. Eight hundred and twenty-two dollars. Um, it was pulled from the theaters after one weekend. One weekend. One week. It's it's open and weekend. It was pulled from the theaters. So, and it's lifetime. And it's lifetime. Obviously, I think me and you actually renting it from Amazon have probably made fucking it's Pat more money than that has done probably in about twenty years. Um, you know, and I think when we were talking earlier on in the week, uh, we were going back and forward about the movies and stuff like that there. You mentioned to me about the blurb that they used. Yeah, on Amazon Prime, they described its pat as, um, your favorite gender bender on adventures. And that for me is, that's unforgivable. <laughs> Hold on. I've got it exactly here. I've got it exactly. Audiences nationwide cheered Pat on TV Saturday Night Live. It's Pat the movie. Cap- 
catapults America's favourite gender bender to the big screen and delivers an outrageously funny adventure. They should be fucking shot for that blurb. They haven't watched that film. Not at all. Not at all, but they should be fucking shot for that blurb. The film is crap. The, you know what? Watching this film today has made me want to say that for menus from now on, we're just going to get rid of the fish course and we'll just have two main courses. Because I don't want to watch anything as shit as that ever again. I think it's a disservice. You know, if we'd have done that this time, we'd have been talking about Blues Brothers right now. And instead, mm. instead we're giving 15 minutes of our podcast away to It's Pat mm. rather than Blues Brothers. So... so- so I've got I've got this. We'll we'll leave its pat on this. So this is from uh, IndieWire.com. Um, so this is Sweeney showed her teenage daughter an its pat sketch, only to get the response. It really feels like the character is just making fun of someone where you can't tell if it's a man or a woman. In the same show, Sweeney asked herself, "My God, what did I do? Was I the Al Jolson of androgyny?" Yes. Yep. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can become nightmares. Come join me and get lost in horrific reverie about true crimes and eerie events. Reverie True Crime Podcast, available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. My Amazon wish lists and Amazon search criteria are going to be fucked up forever now. One <laughs> rental. I've only rented one film from Amazon. It's Pat. I, they're going to look at me one way or the other. That's all I'm saying. They're going to think, why is this guy <laughs> renting it? Nothing else, but It's Pat, the third look. Anyway, so our hey, main hey, course. We're, we're in it together, brother. We're in it together. <laughs> if they come after you, they're coming after me. And I'll tell you right now. I've got fucking guns. I don't have guns. Please don't come after me. <laughs> don't have guns. So, main course time, quickly, before we incriminate ourselves. Um, this was your pick. And you know what? It's one that I haven't seen before. And I thank you very much for this. I'm genuinely, I thank you for this because this was wonderful. This is Tommy Boy. Tell us about Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, uh, 1995. Uh, Chris Farley, classic. Um Obviously, Chris Farley, I think we spoke about it last week. Chris Farley, for me, is my absolute favorite Saturday Night Live cast member. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the epitome of live, live fast, die young, you know, fucking burning the candle at both ends. Um, he is remembered as, you know, such, uh, how can you remember him? He was such a dynamo of a person. You know, there was a there was a scene when he went to Saturday Night Live in 1997 um, where he wanted to host the show again. He was fired from Saturday Night Live on the same mm-hmm. day in 1995 as Adam Sandler was fired. Um, he went back in 1997 to host Saturday Night Live. And there was a, there was like a sketch where uh, Lorne Michaels um, was behind a desk and he was talking to the rest of the cast members going, 
you know, should should we really fucking bring Farley back? You know, is is, is it safe to bring him back? You know, and everybody's like, no, no, he's he's on the straight and narrow. He's he's fine. He's you know, he's he's there. He's a hundred percent. And then he comes fucking crashing through the door and just fucking lays fucking flat on on uh, Lord Michael's desk and just busts it to pieces. And you know that that to me just sums up you know what Chris Farley was and how he acted. You know he is so much loved and revered by everybody who who worked with him uh, at that time. Adam Sandler, you know, still talks about him and how much he misses him. And you know, recently on his he hosted Saturday Night Live there uh, pre Christmas and he wrote a song about Chris Farley. Uh, you know, uh, it was actually Rock. it was actually at the end of our last episode. I put oh, that yeah, on. yeah. So you know, so you know, uh, everyone who comes into contact with him, you know, just mentions that he could have been, you know, something beyond massive. I think the guy who directed, you know, Black Sheep and Tommy Boy both met, said, you know, it may be laughable, you know, people may laugh at me, but I expected Chris Farley one day to win an Oscar. You know that that's that's how how much people loved him. But Tommy Boy, uh, you know Tommy Callahan is the the perennial fuck up. Uh, he goes to college. He comes back to uh, see his father get married, and his father dies on the wedding day. And Tommy has to hold the the factory, the auto parts factory, together. Um, and then he is set out on an adventure with his. Uh, Saturday Night Live co-host friend uh, David Spade and they have to hold the company together by trying to get the the sell auto parts um, but obviously there's a few scenes in the movie that just obviously stand out more than anything else the the bit on the boat where he's with the girl in the boat yeah. and the, the three kids are on the lake you're shouting at him yeah. and you know and you know I, I love that every once in a while they'd, they'd have that kind of landscape shot and the boat, he was always sitting at the back of the boat, and the boat would be kind of up in yeah, the air at the front. Little, and, yeah. <laughs> See, the water. this film, I watched it for the first time today, and I thought it was going to be another, uh, well, Adam Sandler's a good comparison. I thought it was going to be another Billy Madison, another Happy Gilmore, another grown man-child, um, almost like a Van Wilder kind of thing. You know, it's going to yeah, be yeah. this grown-up man-child who is a disappointment to everybody around him and everybody hates him and eventually does something that gets everybody on side. And it was refreshing because this was a guy who everybody loved, bar a couple of people. Everybody loved him. His dad loved him and respected him and appreciated him. His workmates, everybody was sad, you know, happy to see him return. Yes, it was only his his competition, Richard, in his job, David Spade, who didn't like him because they saw him for what he he saw him as this, you know, this. He was never lazy, but a buffoon, uh, 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 you know, taking things too casually. Rugby guy chugging beers and fucking smoking dope and 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 (laughs) and it was so refreshing, like I say, to see a film set like that. Of this, you know, this. Um, I've, I've lost it had, words, it, had, it had heart. It, it, it was. It, it had heart. It had the heart of the movie, and you know, but it I, wasn't angry. It wasn't angry. Yeah. yeah it wasn't happy. It wasn't happy. Gilmore, shouty, shouty. I hate you. Rah, rah, rah. It was this guy who knew he was dumb. 
he knew he, he when he was yeah. in the, the factory at the beginning and he's pressing the button and all the the cranes are coming towards him, banging him in head and stuff. And he yeah. says at the end, oh, excuse the excuse the word now, but I'm quoting a film. He goes, "Oh, I'm retarded," and it's like he yeah. knows he's fucking up. <laughs> he knows yeah. he's doing things wrong. Yeah. But I think I think that's that's why people love Chris Farley because in in life he was the same. You know, in life he was the same as he was on on the screen. You know, he he never. He never gave away uh, or gave out an air of superiority between people. You know, he always knew what he was. And, you know, the scenes, the scene where he loses it, you know, because he can't make a sale and he grabs his hair and pushes it up <laughs> with him and, you know, and fucking just loses his mind and starts, you know, shouting at the guy and, you know. Yeah, or the scene where he's trying to prove to the guy that the brake pads work and he like picks the car up and he starts fucking smashing it together and you know and that that to me just that encapsulates you know Chris Farley and Chris Farley's life you know on on redoing you know obviously Tommy Boy it makes me sad because I read a lot of the stuff coming to the end of his life you know there's a, there was a there was a, a book uh, I think it was called Chris Farley in in three parts I think it was the name of the book I can't remember the name of it um, but I read, you know, excerpts from it, and there was uh, there was a part where in 1997, it was about six months before he died, he went on some comedy convention. Um, Bob Odenkirk um, of um, Better Call Saul fame yeah. was there. Um, David Spade was there with him. <clears throat> uh, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, stuff I got there, and you know the amount of times that he was on, you know, drugs or he was in rehab. You know, it was just he was bouncing from one to the other and one to the other. You know, and David Spade, you know, said that he, you know, he read the riot act to him on that on the flight there because he was he was obviously not all there. He was drunk. He was on drugs and stuff. You know, he was overweight. You know, and David, everybody, every single person around him could see what was happening but they couldn't stop him from doing it. They were trying to put him in rehab. They were trying to make him stop drinking. They were trying to make him stop taking drugs, but they just couldn't because, you know, the one thing that David Spade said was, you know, he, he sat him down at an airport and basically gave him, read him the riot act and said to him, you know, you're not John Belushi. You've mm -hmm. not got the catalog of John Belushi. Do not think that you're going to fucking live the life that you're going to live and think yeah. that people are going to remember you as John Belushi. It's fucking not going to happen. And, you know, if, if only, if only, you know, he had, he had listened, uh, you know, to people. And funny enough, he, he overdosed in, in, uh, in October 1907 of the same cocktail of drugs that John Belushi, uh, died of. You know, and it's so sad to to look at it. You know, I remember it was Happy Gilmore, where he was the he it was the bus driver at Happy Gilmore. Do you remember yeah. where he yeah Billy he Madison. got stoned with the two guys and he started eating the kids' lunches. Billy or, Madison, you know, the, yeah, yeah, or sorry, Billy Madison, sorry, yeah. And he like the one of the kids threw something at him and he fucking lost the plot and I'll drive this bus yeah. over a fucking cliff and it's like. You're like, Jesus, what could that man have been? You know, what could he have been? And obviously, again, we spoke we spoke last week. He was the original Shrek. Yes, and it makes me sad because you see that he's probably done, you know, done Black Sheep. He's done this. This was a great film. This was good. And he was 33, you know what I mean? So it was probably, what, the early 30s when he made this. So he still had plenty of time to make a lot of decent films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you think back to some people like uh, Robin, you know, Robin Williams. Belushi, Chris Farley, John Candy, and I'm not saying all of those are down for the same reasons, but you know something happened where they couldn't be controlled, or something happened yeah. where um, something got out of hand, um, and we lost absolute amazing talents. 
and you know, it's like I'm looking at Chris Farley today on um, IMDb, and I, I thought I'm late to this party. I saw Tommy Boy, and I'm like, right, I want to watch more now. And you've got like three or four decent, half decent films to pick from for what is left behind. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you, know, you mentioned you mentioned John Candy there. I just want to I just want to mention a couple a line that I that I that I watched in Splash this morning, and I was thinking about it the entire day, and it just made me laugh the entire day. Um, there's a scene in Splash where uh, Tom Hanks is drunk at a wedding and his girlfriend's just left him. And John Candy has his brother in Splash. Kind of was like, are you okay? Are you all right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you have enough money to get home? And Tom Hanks is like, yeah. And John Candy looks at him and goes, can I have some? <laughs> just total deadpan. And it's just, it was like one of the, and I just burst out laughing. And my missus kind of looking at me going, wasn't that funny? And I was like, no, it fucking was. It, it wasn't just the line. It was how it was delivered and the yeah. person who it was. And, you know, and I think that's, as you're saying, you you look at it and go, fuck, what could you have done? Yeah. What what more could we have had out of this person? And yeah. I think that's, that's the most upsetting thing about Tommy Boy. You know, you look at it and you go, what, what, what could he have been? Yeah, uh, and I mean, for me, it's you know, you start watching it and you think it's going to be a um, privileged, you know, rich kid uh, going into his father's company. I could see Denny he wasn't going to be making it past <laughs> the second act. You know, you could see what was going on there. Um, and it was then it was really refreshing because it turned into this sort of buddy road movie. So it was a little bit of everything thrown in. It wasn't just sticking to this one, you know, Richard's got to get him home in time for the wedding or whatever. It, it, it took different sort of stories and it kept things fresh. And I think it wasn't the character of Tommy Boy, which was like its path, which was like Blues Brothers, MacGruber, you know, that spins off from one sketch where you've got to expand it into 90 minutes. It took a concept of the man child mm-hmm. in his own innocent doofus way and i've just got to say one thing you just reminded me there about when he fluffed his hair up when he was going mad i used to work for a guy called rob anderson and that's his real name and he was in uh <laughs> in a steel merchants in carlisle and he still works in the steel industry in carlisle but you know what spitting image of chris farley and he used to do that with his hair and i never realized why it was until i saw him today and my my boss, I mean, he was a bit chubby then, which he will hate me for saying, but he's lost some weight now. But he's spitting image of Chris Farley. I'm never going to look at him in the same way again. Well, I have, I have two things. I have two things to finish this up on on Tommy Boy. Um, so this is this is from one of the best jokes in Tommy Boy. Um, this is from David Spade in the live. It's live from New York, the Saturday Night Live book. Um, <clears throat> So, just as Tommy Callahan uses the fat guy in a little coat routine to amuse the downtrodden Richard in the film, uh, Farley used the, the to employ the tactic to entertain his Saturday Night Live co-star, uh, an office mate on the, the studio at Studio 88. Uh, as Spade told Rolling Stone uh, in 2014, uh, we shared an office and he would come in bored and he would say, Davey, turn around. And I said... If this is fat guy in a little coat again, uh, I'm not turning around. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> and he would say, no, I've got a whole new thing I'm doing. And then I'd turn around, and it would be him in my Levi jacket. And he would say, fat guy in a little coat. Don't don't give up on a divvy. Don't give up on a divvy. But the last, the last thing I'll leave you with is, uh, obviously, we do, like, some uh, reviews on the movies that we're talking about. So this is Roger Ebert. Uh, Roger Ebert had nothing but disdain for Tommy Boy. Yeah, I read so, this and I wanted to pick yeah. this up. 
I'd so I'd went so far as to place the movie on his notorious Ebert Ebert's most hated list uh, compiled in 2005. How negative was Ebert's review? Here's a taste. Uh, and this is from Livewire again. Um, no one is funny in this Tom in, in Tommy Boy. There are no memorable lines. None of the characters are interesting, except for the enigmatic figure played by Rob Lowe, who seems to have wandered over from Hamlet. Now, this is this is another great fact that comes off the back of this. Rob Lowe isn't credited in this movie. No. Because he was filming The Stand at the time for Stephen okay. King, and contractually, he couldn't put his name to the movie. So Rob Lowe's name doesn't appear in the credits, doesn't appear on the box, doesn't appear on anything. And he wrote he wrote later on that it took people 15 years to realize that he was never credited in Tommy Boyd. It's not like a cameo, is it? It's a full on part. Oh, uh, yeah, he's his, he's his fucking stepbrother. He's the villain, you know, yeah. He was in Wayne's World as the villain as well. So he's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no. But look, Tommy Boy, um, yeah, thank you very much for introducing me to that. If you haven't had the chance to see that, if you like those, you know, if you like Buddy Road movies, if you like the man-child thing, but if you like Adam Sandler films, but you don't like Adam Sandler, then yeah, this is perfect. the film. <laughs> this is the film for you. Perfect, perfect. Dessert, I shall lay before you. Uh, this film, I first watched it when uh, I downloaded it illegally. What can I say? I'm a scumbag. Um, about eight years ago, and I had no idea who he was, what he was taking the piss out of, or what it was based on. And I laughed my cock off for 90 minutes watching this. Your cock fell off? I was laughing so hard. We're talking about MacGruber. Now, (laughs) I love this film. Yes, I'll admit, time has been a fickle mistress on reflection of this film. Um, It's not the classic I thought it was when I first watched it. (laughs) I might have had some assistance in enjoying it. Let's just say that. But, you know what, watching it again as a t- as a send-up of, uh, sorry, this is obviously to do with the Saturday Night Live character MacGruber. It's a piss take of MacGyver. MacGyver, the, the TV cop, whatever he is, who brings out the bad guys by utilising the things around him to whittle up some kind of weapons out of nothing to take down the bad guys. MacGruber is uh, the mullet um, <laughs> lumberjack dressing <laughs> is is the badass with 16 purple hearts and 13 tours of Venice or wherever but honestly got it yeah so uh, MacGruber is called up by the CIA who have called him up for a, a Dieter is it Dieter von Kunth Dieter von Kunth yeah huh? Dieter von Kunth who uh, played brilliantly by Val Kilmer I I'm going to surprise you Paul right and no. Val, Val Kilmer is obviously plotting to uh, to reign some sort of terror on the world, and MacGruber is brought brought up by the CIA to bring a team together and take down that cunt. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to surprise you. Okay. All right. So I told you last week that I my brother tried to make me watch MacGruber because yep. he loved he loved it, and I watched ten minutes and hated it. Yeah. Uh, I watched it again on Friday night, and I fucking loved it yes <laughs> <laughs> get in 
I I don't think time has been harsh to it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, no. I think I think maybe I think maybe the fact that I have started loving Will Fort over the last maybe six seven years, yeah, has probably helped that. But there are a couple of scenes in MacGruber where I had to pause Amazon Prime, <laughs> and I was an absolute fucking bits uh you know the scene where he's he's wired the c4 wrong and all the wrestlers in the van get blown up so he's gone but it's it's more his reaction it's the reaction (laughs) so mcgruber has gone round and is bringing round um all his old teammates from from his special forces day who happened to all be WWE wrestlers so you had uh, Glenn Jacobs as Kane you had MVP you had um Chris Jericho. the big the big show but he got discounted for being gay <laughs> you had Chris Jericho um and then there was another boy that Greg Harley so you had the you had and Mark Henry as well sorry Mark mm. um and yeah he gets them together and he's uh, saying to I've wired that van I've put homemade C4 explosives and the whole thing just goes up. <laughs> and it's that for me was on the that level of joke or gag is Deadpool 2 where the team get taken out on their first mission in Deadpool 2. Yeah, you know where you think much, yeah, it's yeah, that same much, level of joke of instant bang, but all blown up. And yeah, he's, he's collapsing to the floor, isn't he? Go on, carry on. He's... But it's, it's, I think, like, Will Fort, Will Fort as, as a comedy or forte or whatever you want to say it. I'm yeah. just going to call him Fort anyway. Um, Will Fort as a comedy actor. I, I, in the business right now, I do not think there are many people who are as good as him in comedy. You know, I, I, it's, it can, it's can, everything. It's everything. You can, you can tell, like, in this movie, obviously, um, Maya Randolph's in this movie, who I, Fucking love from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten Wig is in the movie, and I don't care what anybody says, she is fucking hilarious. You know, she no, is. She, Kirsten Wig is good when she's reading from a script and performing. No, I, from I, I like. I, I really like to do all that. Yeah, anyway, we'll come on to that another day. But we'll do that. I, I, I really like Kirsten Wig. No, 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 no. She's great, but when there's, there's too many films that use like you know a two minute long take of her doing improv rather than the 30 second take that was needed do you know what i mean they just drag on with I, yeah I, improv I, I do, and, I, and it's I the do, awkward I, comedy with melissa mccartney i just I don't like it i do like i do like i do like her interaction with with other people from saturday night live though because right. they yeah. all they all read off the same sheet kind of thing they all yeah, know yeah. How, how to react to each but other in this she's there. fantastic in this she's yeah. fantastic in and, one of know, the first films like I'm, I'm trying. Like the scene where they've obviously all died, and he goes into the room with Ryan Felipe, and the guy tells him that he's not gonna have, you know, team, no fucking go after <laughs> yeah. him. And you know, it changes from, I'll, I'll, I'll suck your dick. I'll, I'll suck your fucking dick. I'll let you fuck me. Pick anything in the room and I'll fuck it. <laughs> Pick something and I'll fuck it. <laughs> like that was another one, and I was just, I was in. Bits. I was I'd like literally, literally, I had like I paused the movie like twice in ten minutes because I was just I, I was lying on the bed and I was just fucking chuckling away to myself. My son came into the room and he was like, "What's what's wrong?" And I was like, "No, hon, nothing, <laughs> not, nothing. Just just go to bed." <laughs> go um, to bed. There was, and then later on, he's being kicked off the mission again by Powers Booth. 
And he said, uh, he just looks at him and goes, please, I'll do anything. I'll suck your dick. You can, you can fuck me. And he's looked to go, this too late for that, McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was an option of our day ago. <laughs> but it's a scene as well, like in that one scene as well, that room, where he's talking about it and it cuts to Ryan Felipe, like closing the door and he turns around and his trousers are down right his <laughs> And he's already, <laughs> and he's perched against the desk. <laughs> Have you got some whiteout or some laser printer toner? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. But then again, the, the other one for me was later on, he gets um, he, he gets uh, Kirsten Wig, I can't remember the character's name, but he gets her into bed. Ah. And she says, uh, she says, I'm a virgin. And he just puts his finger on her lips and he just says, not for long. <laughs> and it well, goes into like this, the, this, you know, like the Lethal Weapon 2 kind of sex, where it's yeah, the blue yeah, moonlight yeah. and it's saxophone and it's soft focus and real passionate lovemaking and sensual nine and a half weeks. And then it just cuts <laughs> to what's really happening. And it's just McGruber <laughs> bagging away like a spring rabbit. <laughs> At the, what like this like after that obviously you know when he goes to to make peace with his with his dead wife you know in, <laughs> in the graveyard yeah and, and you know she she comes to him as a specter <laughs> and, then, and then the next scene it cuts him and he's banging her on the gravestone <laughs> and then, and then you go to the perspective of the grave guy by yeah this is what it's just McGruber. It's just McGruber butt naked, just moving, going, ah, 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 ah. do you know what? No. But do you know what? The one, the one, the one from the, for the sex scene with Kristen, Kirsten Wig, where he's, he's banging, he's banging away at her. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna fill you up. And she goes, yeah, I'm gonna fill you up. And he just looks at her and goes, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> but no, let me, do, let me do the talking. <laughs> it's probably one of those films you can go back to every few years. You, you don't need to watch it on a regular basis because the joke, you know what I mean? But the Ryan Philippe, Powers Booth, um, even the WWE cameos in it, Kirsten Wig is fantastic. Maya Randolph shows up every now and then. The, it, best, the best thing in the movie. The best thing in the movie. Obviously, McGruber is great. Has to be Val Kilmer. Has to be Val Kilmer. Yeah, 100%. Films you know, like this need oh. a guy like him. And you know what? Going back to sort of the early 80s, he was doing Top Secret. He was doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey. Yeah, I mean. Probably he, one of the few things I appreciate Shane Black for. And then you've got, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just trying to list everything else no, that I no, like about Shane no, Black. No, 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 I'll kill the weapon. He's a weapon and Last Boy mm. Scout. Last Boy Scout. Fuck off. Last Boy Scout mm. was awesome. Mm. Um, but he's obviously coming. Val Kilmer is coming to this film, and he knows exactly what he's making. He knows exactly oh, yeah. what he's doing. A hundred percent. And where he's interrogating McGruber, and he's sort of giving away his his plan or whatever, and he says, "Until the government find." Your secret diary with your manifesto of terror. And the group is just like, hey, hey man, I've never seen that before in my life. <laughs> Someone's framing me. And he's like, I know, it's me. It's me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, then fuck you. <laughs> and the, obviously the fucking odd running joke is, I'm going to cut your dick off and put it in your mouth. <laughs> and then when he turns off, obviously at the end, 
<laughs> the dick's already off. It was blown off in the explosion. <laughs> well, there's one thing I'm not going to say. There's one thing I'm not going to say. But uh, MacGruber has a very unique way of um, distracting people. In yes. Mm-hmm. And there is a character who may be opposed to MacGruber through the film, but in the end learns how to use that distraction technique to full effect and it just go it's just different parts of the film and different parts different characters all being absolutely spot on and the actors fully going into it so like and it's part it falls to pieces this yes it's one joke it's the obnoxious bad spy arms special forces whatever who makes hot shots rambo it's the same thing it's the same thing but but it has its unique kind of you know turn on it and i i am very 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 happy that you introduced me to mcgruber because i know that in probably about two or three years it is one of those movies that uh, there's a couple of movies that i have on my list that I want my son to watch, right? So <laughs> yeah. we've given we've given him like the fourteen fifteen where he will be able to watch some movies that we want to watch. Step Brothers is one of them. You yeah. know, I to to this day I will still stick to Step Brothers is one of the funniest movies that has ever been made. Um, Blazing Saddles is another one. Uh, I cannot wait for my son to watch Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of things you know eerie about that movie, but it is. I'm not going to get into it. Whatever. No. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Um, and MacGruber is going to be one of those movies that I want him to watch. Do you know now why I was so excited for the sequel and for the TV show? Yeah. And do you know what? I'm fucking right there. I am yeah. right there with you. I'm Lindsay Belenti. And I'm Madison Stengel. And we're the hosts of Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny. Hey, man, he's a nice guy. And they're like, no, he's disgusting. He has hooves. <laughs> Strange. There are EVPs of spirits saying, get out in a room where patients committed suicide. And obscure crimes of yesteryear. Here, Justin. Here's your first phallic amulet. Join us Wednesdays, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. Okay, there's our menu. We've got uh, three amigos, a nice little... Spicy Mexican dish to start you off with, then the It's Pats, which is basically just a huge cow turd on a plate. And then we've served you Tommy Boy, which is a nice Midwestern, uh, smells a little bit of auto fuel, but um, there's definitely some uh, a nice heart at the centre of that. Ooh, heart. And then for Pudding Magruba, where we've just whipped up something absolutely tasty and hysterical out of whatever we can find in the kitchen. And I've enjoyed that. I think that's served its purpose, because... I found Tommy Boy and you found MacGruber. Well, I think it's good as well, because I think if we spoke about it again, that the great thing about Saturday Night Live movies is that they're never too long. You know, they, 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 even even as much as we fucking hated it, Pat, it was only 77 minutes long. I'll, know, be honest, it was about, I'll be honest, it was about 62 minutes long for me. Fast forward is <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, so we've had, I put on Twitter saying, you know, what would people have, which movies and stars of Saturday Night Live would they make a menu out of? Um, Michelle and Tom from Apocalypse in Review podcast, uh, they suggested Blues Brothers, Wayne's World and Ladies Man. I've never seen Ladies Man before. Have you? No, it's shit. <laughs> well, there you go, Tom. Thanks for playing. Um, <laughs> Tom, fuck you. It's shit. LaFondra Lef- uh, Stummer said uh, Trading Places, which is, I think is a bit of uh, Dan Aykroyd, isn't it? A bit of Eddie Murphy. Can't, it's around can't that time. Really, I don't yeah. know. We can't really call it a, a Saturday Night Live movie. Okay, Lauren Michaels had nothing to do with it. 
Okay, well, it's a friendly Twitter conversation, so let's just have it, shall we? Was uh, Ghostbusters a fucking Saturday Night Live movie? What was her name? LaFondra. LaFondra. La was Ghostbusters a Saturday Night Live movie? LaFondra. Wow. If he said your name twice, he must be serious. Um, superstar, that the Thanks for Coming uh, no. RuPaul Drag Race no. podcast. No. Uh, suggested no. Superstar. No, it's fucking horrible. Okay. Molly Shannon, Molly Shannon and fucking Will Ferrell. It's fucking shit. Don't watch it. It's shit. Um, Andrew Fleming has said Wayne's World, by f- favourite by far. Yeah, I, I, Well done. I, well done, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're... And, oh, Night of the Roxbury. Yeah, fan. Who said Hilarious. that? That's Andrew as well. He said... Andrew, uh, well done. Point. Well done. Night of the Roxbury is amazing. Um, at RC... Baby, don't, don't hurt me. me. Don't hurt me. me. No. I see not the caller uh, says Blues Brothers yep of course um, probably what I was saying really the nerdy photographer says Ghostbusters but definitely question mark Ghostbusters fuck you nerdy photographer it's not Saturday Night Live he might not have known the rules he fucking did Paul I what's, I where, what's his address what's his fucking number I'll ring him <laughs> what's his address where's he from where's he from he's gonna get a very fucking violent fucking voicemail <laughs> It's from New York. All right, prick. <laughs> you gonna fucking tweet somebody I know and tell me Ghostbusters is that Night Live movie, prick? But it says definitely the blue. <laughs> but it says definitely Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blues Brothers. I think, so I think I think I think I think we've probably made two mistakes in some way. But I have enjoyed the movies that we've what we've chosen because I have. everybody's see, everybody's seen Wayne's World. Obviously, yep. everybody's seen Blues Brothers. I'm glad we've kind of stayed away from you know these, the obvious. These menus are trying to find different stuff. The whole yeah. point is, what do you know from that person, that film, that genre, that decade that would fit? Yeah, there's going to be loads of options. We've done the 80s. We've done various other people. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> You've just forgotten there completely, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. We've done Schwarzenegger, we've done Disney, we've done loads of other menus. But the point is, we're not just saying what are your you know, favourite Marvel films, because there's like 20 to pick from, so... Yes. You're gonna, you know, there's not a lot of choice there, but you go for like a Schwarzenegger or something, yeah. So, um, yeah, good choices there. I'm, I'm chuffed to bits. So, anything else, sir? No, what? It's, it's, it's just like you're gonna drop the fucking the hammer down here on me or something. <laughs> next Sunday, next Sunday, I've got a suggestion. Okay. Suggest away. Right. We striptease. Have... <laughs> strip poker. <laughs> Russian no, roulette. Striptease. The Demi Moore movie, striptease. Oh, no, no, no. We had like four listeners for showgirls. People aren't interested in people talking about flesh. Unless Bollocks. it's sexual. <laughs> Bollocks. Right. Are you aware that some films maybe uh, depict themselves as historically accurate, but it turns out they're not that historically accurate? What, like Nicolas Cage didn't? No, I'm talking. I'm talking. No, but that's not it. It's historically, I'm talking Braveheart. Okay, so Braveheart, the said, oh, it's, it's a biopic of William Wallace, but you can pretty much narrow it down to not a lot in that was actually historically relevant. I want to challenge you to go away and find the most entertaining yet historically accurate film that you can, and I'm going to bring one. And we're going to try to take each other on of picking them to pieces to see if we can find historical inaccuracies. That, it's seems, a, like, that seems like too much work. <laughs> it's a, a history movie showdown. 
There you go. That's the title of next week's episode. History but, Movie Showdown. But Paul, I can't read. <laughs> I don't care. Um, oh no, it's a fugitive. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of picking the Iron Lady, just so you can do some research on Maggie Thatcher, Milk Snatcher. I'm going to choose the wind that shakes the barley. Fucking 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you tell me otherwise, I'll come and get you. <laughs> wow, it is accurate. <laughs> That's the full title of The Wind That Shakes the Barley. The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And if you tell anyone else, I'm going to fucking cut you in your sleep. <laughs> so what do you reckon, someone like that? Yeah, I want you to find a film. Okay. And it's got to be enjoyable. I don't want none of this fucking documentary shit. I want I want fun. Oh, I want right. fun. I watched a, uh, a great documentary though last night that I will uh, I will oh. talk about. It's called The Fog of War. Was it a Bosnian palm trees growing in the Sudan or something. What is it? No. Go on. It was about your man McNamara, who was the Secretary of Defense during the Vietnam War, and it was about his eleven uh, codes of of war. It's called The Fog of War. It's fantastic. He worked with Kennedy, he worked with Johnson, you know, it was very interesting, right? I'm just saying. What's that Lee Daniels film about the butler that worked with all those presidents? Oh, the butler. I know. The butler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have watched Chernobyl again recently. It's amazing, Man, isn't it? And fucking fantastic. I, it's, it's I have simply, a bucket list. Yeah, simply, simply one of the greatest TV shows that's ever been made. Yeah. I have a bucket list, and after watching that, Visiting Chernobyl, going to Kiev and visiting Chernobyl is number one on my bucket list. I'm going to have done that by the time. Chernobyl, <laughs> How ironic Chernobyl's, not, Chernobyl's, Chernobyl's not in Kiev, Paul. It's just outside of it, dickhead. It's nowhere, it's nowhere near Kiev. Paul. It's two hours drive. That, well, that's nowhere near it. You, you fucking complain if you have to drive half an hour. Have you seen, have you seen the size of Ukraine? Drive to, if you're closer to Minsk. If you go to Minsk, you're closer in Belarus. Maybe not go to Belarus right now. Yeah, but you've got to cross. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe not oh, to Belarus travel right tips. now. Right now. Oh, you think, know what? Actually, it might be cheaper. It might be cheap to go to Belarus, actually, because nobody wants yeah, to go there. And, but then, if you want to go to Pripyat, 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 you've got to cross the border. And you don't have to do that in Ukraine. It'll be easier. How do you know? You don't know fucking I've researched it. fucking travel dickhead. I've researched it. Are you going to come? Aye, all right. St- are you serious? <laughs> I'm fucking 100 percent serious. I Let's would do it live to tomorrow. I would, I go would. To over tomorrow. I, I've I've figured it out. I know how much we can do it for in a couple Hold of on. days. Are you going to suggest doing a live podcast from Chernobyl? I am 100 <laughs> percent saying let's stay overnight at the hotel in Pripyat and do a live podcast from Chernobyl from the radiation I zone. I, I don't know if you can. Yeah, you can. Really? Can you? Yep. yep. You can stay overnight. Everything. Like. A hundred percent. Because if you tell me yes. this and, and it's not true, I will be very upset. If I we're like staying, if we're like staying in a fucking hotel in Bulgaria or something, I'll be no, very no. upset. If we can't do it, I'm going to be just as upset as you. But I, I priced it all up and everything. Airbnb in Kiev. They'll pick you up in a minibus, drive you there, depending on what level. You can even go in the reactor room and stuff. You know, where the first... Where yeah. the elephant's foot kind of thing is? Yeah. No way. control The control room, sorry. The control oh, room. Oh, the control room, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know where the so first that... bit of tension were going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you can go in there now. Amazing. A hundred percent. Do you want to do a live podcast from the radiation zone? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Patreon. We're getting that set up. 
Oh, we got to donate. But do you, do you like the irony that we're um, we're going to believe in? Uh, we're going to be. I'm having to wait for a pandemic to pass over before we can go to a radio, radioactive. Do you, think, do you think they would allow us to drink wine <laughs> in, in there? You can. You can't. I've read it. You, you can't take. You can take food and stuff in and out as long as they've approved it. But you can't eat right. anything in there. There's all sorts of different. But there's loads of trips and stuff happen. But there's literally like you can do one where you just go for afternoon. You can go and stay overnight. Um, have meals at restaurants and stuff. Paul, Paul, you had me at radiation zone. <laughs> Let's do it then. That would be great. That would be great. So please, if you want to donate to Heroes, do a live podcast <laughs> from outside Chernobyl. We will do. We will do a podcast and we will do a, a, a special edition, a, special, a chef special of the Chernobyl TV series. Outside Chernobyl. There we go. Right. So, please, um, please look, subscribe. Um, you know, once you've downloaded, have a listen to us, have a laugh, pass, uh, pass it on to your friends, tell people about us, because we are sycophantic bastards. We want praise. We want love. We want you to shower us with hot, juicy semen. money. Semen. semen. Hot, juicy semen. No, like naval officers, do you mean? I'm talking about people with sailors. Like, I'm not a yeah, fucking sailors. sick bastard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Christ, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with them. And I want them to come all over my face. <laughs> yeah, Shia, give me all you've got. So, um, and yeah, give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're feeling bored. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PodMovieChef and say hello. And if you've got any suggestions of future episodes you want to hear, let us know. Other than that, Cormac, say goodnight to uh, Podcast Land. Bye, podcast land. We are two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> At Chernobyl. <laughs> he said.